Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome to another hour of the weekend edition of Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Intelligent Medicine means combining the best of natural therapies with the best of high-tech interventions. That's what we do each weekend here on Intelligent Medicine and throughout the week because we've got podcasts on all manner of subjects with great guests on important subjects. So check out drhoffman.com and subscribe to our podcasts. All right, uh, 877-726-726. 8255, our number. We've got a lot of people who recorded questions this week. So let's get to one of those calls. I had a spinal fusion surgery for sciatica two weeks ago. And um, it did cure me of my sciatica, which I'm very thankful for. Uh, my spine doctor said, though, that I shouldn't take any anti-inflammatory NSAIDs uh, for pain, um, only uh, a Tylenol-type product. Uh, I prefer not to take Tylenol. My pain isn't excruciating. It's there, but it's not anything I really feel I need um, uh, painkillers for. Uh, I don't want to tax my liver with Tylenol, so I'd rather not take it. Uh, anyway, so he said don't take anything, any anti-inflammatory NSAIDs, as it, it, it inhibits bone growth. So I told him that I normally take um, anti-inflammatory supplements uh, in the past. I've taken fish oil, curcumin, vitamin D, ginkgo biloba, cinnamon, ginger, you know, and then my normal supplements that I, I, I normally take. Uh, the answer I got back was, and a multivitamin, the answer I got back was take only a multivitamin. Uh, I want to get your opinion about this. Um, I, I thank you in advance for uh, any, any information you can give me. Sure. Okay. Very interesting question. And, you know, I recall when I had surgery for a broken hip, in 2006, uh, I was in a lot of pain, and I said, can I take some ibuprofen, you know, uh, Motrin, you know, these types of over-the-counter things, Aleve, and my surgeon said, no, no, don't take those. Only take Tylenol, and for more severe pain, I was given Vicodin, and Vicodin is an opioid pain reliever, hydrocodone, a synthetic codeine coupled with acetaminophen, which is Tylenol. So the reason that he said, well, he wasn't that great a communicator. I, I had to look it up, you know, why not take NSAIDs? And it was believed that, according to some studies, that NSAIDs, while reducing inflammation, could interfere with bone union. In other words, bones healing and coming back together and forming new bone. And the reason for that is that inflammation is actually the body's way of dealing with injury. And when you reduce inflammation, you may reduce pain, but you may get in the way of a healing process. And there are some studies that suggest that it's not a great idea if you suffer from a little knee pain uh, and you're going to do the marathon that you pop a bunch of leave and do your practice races and the marathon while taking non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs because they may put you into a false sense of security about your pain threshold and have you grind your knee into sawdust 
and also reduce the potential for healing. You know, after exercise, there's usually a cycle of injury followed by a healing cycle. And if you interfere with the inflammation, the natural inflammation that occurs with exercise, uh, you might uh, prevent the repair on your articular surfaces where the collagen repairs itself after impact. So, uh, the, when he, so he, he's saying by extension, some of the supplements you're taking are also anti-inflammatory. So therefore, on the principle that unsurely anti-inflammatory drugs aren't great, uh, you shouldn't take anything in the realm of anti-inflammatory. That would include things like uh, boswellin, curcumin, ginger, some of these uh, natural anti-inflammatories. And a couple of things I'd have to say to that. Number one, the studies that show that non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs interfere with healing after orthopedic surgery are still kind of controversial. There is this general notion, precautionary principle of, yeah, let's withhold those things. But the evidence isn't really strong that you get a major reduction in healing after surgery when you take these. So that's number one. But I still think it's advisable to avoid them. Number two, these natural anti-inflammatories, while some of them uh, have COX-2 inhibition effects, which is what the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories do, uh, mostly they work through a combination of mechanisms. They're weaker than Motrin, Motrin, Aleve, Ibuprofen. And therefore, I don't think it's going to be a big deal if you continue to take them. I don't think you're going to delay the healing of your surgery, which already has been mostly successful. It's alleviating your pain. And so I would say there's not a big downside to continuing some of your natural anti-inflammatories. And since you're not in pain, you don't need the Tylenol. And then you're right in saying Tylenol can have an adverse effect on the liver, even relatively small amounts of Tylenol, especially when you're on a crappy diet, you're sick, you're not taking in a lot of food, or you drink a lot of booze, uh, that can have a deleterious effect on your liver. So good on you that you're avoiding the downsides of pain medications altogether. It seems like you'd had a successful surgery. Now your job is to uh, do a lot of physical therapy uh, and get back into more physical activity uh, and strengthen your core so you don't need subsequent back surgery. 877-726-8255 are number. And let me tell you about the important supplements that can have an impact on brain, on vision, and on your immune system. You know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research, including a new extra strength version of astaxanthin for immune brain and vision health. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength is a naturally occurring carotenoid plays an important role in cellular protection and healthy immune system responses. Astaxanthin has also been shown in clinical studies to promote normal cognitive function and may help to maintain a positive mood. In the eye, it helps to neutralize free radicals. It's important pigment for the retina, and it helps to manage eye strain due to computer usage. Astaxanthin, 12 milligram extra strength, 
is available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. And lest you take away from that announcement that, yeah, Stazanthin's good. I'm, you know, go on Amazon. I'll find, you know, maybe there's cheaper alternatives, uh, or, you know, that's where I shop. There's a problem because uh, a recent survey uh, has shown that a very high percentage of the astaxanthin products out there don't deliver. They have label claims, which are in excess of what is really in the capsule. Some of them are outright frauds. There's no astaxanthin in them. So when you shop at dearhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance, you'll find the astaxanthin that we're talking about. And you can also rely on Fullscript, which is our online supplement service at drhoffman.com to do the due diligence to make sure that the products they carry are of sufficient quality and potency and haven't been sitting around on shelves for an eternity. That's important too. Uh, they move their inventory very, very quickly because they're a big company. And sometimes you never know. Sometimes products that have been sitting around lose their potency. 877-726-8255, our number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. New look, same trusted formulas. As part of Wakanaga of America's 50th anniversary, their flagship product, Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract, has a new look. The new packaging clearly communicates each formula's unique characteristics and benefits at a glance. The added QR code allows consumers to scan for more info. Aged Garlic Extract has been shown to support optimal cardiovascular health, including blood pressure and cholesterol, immune function, and more. It is organically grown. And AGE is the most researched garlic supplement on the market, with over 900 scientific papers from prestigious universities and research institutes around the world. There is also a new, vegan-friendly version of Kyolic's original cardiovascular formula. Visit Kyolic.com for more information about Kyolic's quality supplements to support your healthy lifestyle. That's K-Y-O-L-I-C.com. Kyolic aged garlic extract supplements are available at natural health retailers nationwide and online. As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research, including a new extra strength version of astaxanthin for immune, brain, and vision health. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength. It's a naturally occurring carotenoid that plays an important role in cellular protection and healthy immune system responses. Astaxanthin has also been shown in clinical studies to promote normal cognitive function and may help to maintain a positive mood. In the eye, it helps to neutralize free radicals and manage eye strain due to computer usage. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength is available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here, 877-726-8255. You know, it's hard to get a paper published in a top medical journal that extols the benefits of supplements, but it's easy to get a paper published in JAMA, which is one of the world's most authoritative medical journals, when you knock supplements. This week, a study appeared in JAMA entitled 
health claims and doses of fish oil supplements in the U.S. And it concluded that additional regulation of the claims made on fish oil supplement labels may be needed to prevent consumer misinformation. And in that article, uh, they cite the fact that they looked at nearly 2,000 fish oil supplements and 74% possessed at least one health claim, usually related to heart health, followed by brain and joint health. And they don't like that. They don't like the fact that there are health claims made for fish oil. Now, under a current system, you can make what are called structure function claims. Uh, an example of a structure function claim is calcium builds strong bones or fiber maintains bowel regularity. You can't, however, say calcium reverses osteoporosis. That's a disease claim. And you can't say that fiber can prevent or treat colon cancer. Well, that may be the case. You can't say that because under the current laws, that would be a medical claim. So in this article, uh, in spite of the fact that all of the supplements that they reviewed were in compliance with the law, the law is called DSHEA, Dietary Supplement Health Education Act, they deplore the fact that the supplements are even making kind of mealy mouth claims like promotes heart health. I mean, these are not very ambitious claims. We know that fish oil promotes heart health. Uh, they also cite the dangers of fish oil. Uh, one of the dangers that they cite is that it may increase the risk for atrial fibrillation. But if you're a frequent listener to Intelligent Medicine, you heard me talk about a study, the Million Man Study, the biggest study to date of the relationship between fish oil and atrial fibrillation. And they found no increased risk of atrial fibrillation with dietary or supplemental use of fish oil. In fact, there was a slight reduction in the risk. Not statistically significant, but it was somewhat protective. So <laughs> this immediately raised the ire of the folks uh, at um, something called GOED, the Global Organization for EPA and DHA. And here's what they say. The paper in JAMA Cardiology is, quote, fraught with inaccuracies and never should have made it through the peer review process. And I agree. Because uh, the authors, ambitious to get a study published, is virtually assured that if they knock a natural product, they're going to get a prominent placement within Journal of the American Medical Association. Uh, what they say here is, and I'm quoting, despite the author's attempts to undermine the omega-3 supplement industry by concluding that the use of structure function claims in the United States leads to consumer misinformation, GOED views the information contained in the article as support for how responsible our industry is in its marketing. That is, the wording of the vast majority of examples structure function claims are permitted by regulation. And they go on to say, we need more regulation. Well, the call for additional regulation of dietary supplements labeling is both predictable and unsupported by the research. Ultimately, this study demonstrates an amazing lack of understanding of the many different reasons why consumers choose to use supplements for better health. 
And oh, by the way, I looked at the study in question, and for every study that's published, there is what is called a disclosure. And the disclosure is important because it may reveal conflicts of interest. So, for example, if you do a study on pistachios, and it was funded by the pistachio board, and pistachios are shown to extend life, reduce cardiovascular risk, and so on and so on, you got to say, well, maybe there's a little bit of bias. But in this particular study, which knocks fish oil, two authors, Dr. Peterson reported receiving grants from Amgen, Spirion, personal fees from Nova Nordisk, Bayer, and Janssen. Dr. Navarre, the other co-author, reported receiving grants from BMS, Asperian, Amgen, and Janssen, personal fees from AstraZeneca, Boehring, Ingenheim, Bayer, BMS, Asperian, Janssen, Eli Lilly, Merck, Silence Therapeutics, Novo Nordis, Novartis, New Amsterdam, and Pfizer. <laughs> so these guys are very, very embedded uh, with conflicts of interest in the pharmaceutical industry. And I think they're just jealous that the prescription form of fish oil, which is available, Vasipa, is not doing better. And people are flocking to health food stores and buying natural fish oil. 120 capsules of Vasipa will cost you $85. Orthomega, a popular brand of fish oil that I prescribe, 120 capsules will cost you $28.75. So uh, <laughs> I think uh, this is a study that has an agenda and the agenda is let's regulate supplements let's regulate them out of existence so that the pharmaceutical industry can buy up a lot of supplement companies and sell supplements as prescription medications 877-726-8255 our number and this is intelligent medicine You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom-targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you. And apropos of that uh, last subject, which was an article that calls for more regulation of fish oil, if you think that's not happening, well, check out what's happening in Congress, because in between bashing each other over the heads, Congress is responsible for passing bills. And Congress is seeking to enlarge FDA's purview over supplements. It's truly an all-hands-on-deck moment, because... We don't need more government bureaucracy interfering with our access to supplements, more regulations, things that increase expenses for supplement companies, uh, penalties for supplement companies, 
And I'm personally committed to doing everything I can to preserve your access to potent, innovative supplements of your choosing. So as part of my mission as president of the Alliance for Natural Health at anh-usa.org, you can go to dearhoffman.com slash ANH. ANH stands for the Alliance for Natural Health to learn how you can take action. And you want to support this, donate. Because for a limited time, I'll be matching all donations up to a total of $5,000. So if you really want to wipe me out, just uh, you know, send in $5,000 and I'll be obligated to match your donation. But I'm happy to do so because it's an important cause. DearHoffman.com slash ANH. 877-726-8255 are numbers. People who recorded questions. Let's hear one. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. My 45-year-old daughter had a hysterectomy in November of 23 and ended up with a bacterial infection that she's been fighting since then. And recently, she started having pain in the bladder and left side of her pelvis whenever she urinates, especially in the morning. She sees a holistic doctor, and he's still finding traces of bacteria. She also confers with the allopathic doctor. He thinks it's scar tissue. She is uh, taking protolytic protolytic enzymes for treatment, but she said the, the pain has is, is gotten worse in the last few weeks and just wanted your thoughts on uh, her options to get some relief from this. Thank you. Okay. It's a tough and challenging kind of problem, but, uh, and I don't know what the other doctors have already done or suggested, but after a hysterectomy, uh, you often have urinary problems because you are depriving uh, the urogenital area of hormones. And for a 45-year-old to experience what essentially a 50-plus or 60-plus-year-old woman is experiencing very, very rapidly, you know, a complete shutdown of hormone production after hysterectomy uh, can cause urinary problems. It can make uh, the urethra and bladder more vulnerable to infections. And so I don't know what kind of condition caused the need for hysterectomy if uh, estrogen is strongly contraindicated, but a little bit of uh, estrogen topically can often relieve urinary frequency and reduce the susceptibility to UTIs. Uh, the other thing is considered D-mannose. D-mannose uh, has been very effective for many of my patients, patients with real bladder problems like uh, MS, where they have difficulty with urination. Uh, they, uh, D-mannose prevents the adhesion of bacteria to the bladder wall. And it's something you can take orally, generally suggest a powder, a half to a full teaspoon, two or three times a day. Uh, can prevent infections because you're basically rinsing the bladder out with something that kind of causes the bacteria not to stick to the bladder wall. The bacteria that are free-floating in the urine Less of a problem than the bacteria that actually adhere to the wall. That's where you get into trouble. So uh, other things that are looming on the horizon for frequent urinary tract infections, uh, there are actually proposals for probiotics that may specifically target UTIs. They're on the drawing board. Uh, just taking probiotics is a little bit of a throwing a dart at a dartboard situation now. But some functional probiotics are being developed that are going to help women with UTIs. Also, there are vaccines that are now being developed for especially women, but potentially also men 
who are very prone to urinary tract infections. They seem to uh, help to boost the immune response to the bacteria that are so persistent that they keep coming back even after multiple rounds of antibiotics. So there's some possible solutions. Uh, it's a kind of a particular situation because maybe something went wrong with the surgery or there's a structural problem there. Uh, the bladder's retaining a lot of urine. Uh, I don't know precisely what's going on, but you know, those are some avenues you may want to pursue. You got a holistic doctor, a conventional urologist teaming up, and maybe they can come up with an answer. 877-726-8255, our number. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD. That's cannabidiol to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep. It's a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation, Plus CBD Daily Balance THC Free. For those who don't want the THC that comes in relatively small amounts in many uh, CBD products. Daily Balance provides the benefits of CBD without the concern of other cannabinoids like THC causing unwanted effects. Daily Balance contains the purest forms of hemp-derived CBD in high concentrations to help you overcome intense challenges to mental and physical well-being. And it now comes in a 100 milligram option. For those who need high levels of CBD, that's really very, very potent dose of CBD, 100 milligrams. I'm glad to see they're introducing that, especially for those who need high levels of CBD each day to achieve their wellness goals. All Plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new daily balance THC free line. Check it out. Okay. Uh, this uh, item, you know, we're talking about conflicts of interest. Conflicts of interest are rife in medicine. An example of which was the pharmaceutical ties of the people writing an article claiming that fish oil, a non-pharmaceutical product, the over-the-counter kind, should be more stringently regulated. So there are a bunch of what are called PAOs, patient advocacy organizations, like the Alzheimer's Foundation, for example, the MS Society, the American Cancer Society, the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Disease. And there are organizations where, you know, people, maybe somebody in your family has a disease, dies of a disease. Uh, you say, please send money to the foundation for, you know, basically searching for a cure or uh, you say, um, you know, I'm going to dedicate part of my estate to supporting these patient advocacy organizations. Maybe you've got a personal connection to one disease entity or another. Well, it turns out this is an investigative uh, report, uh, and it appears in JAMA. Journal of the American Medical Association. So, you know, i got to say, uh, that shows a little even-handedness because they're calling BS on some of these organizations that have industry ties 
half had paid staff or executives with pharma and medical device conflicts of interest. According to the article, three-quarters of the highest revenue patient advocacy organizations in the U.S. have board members or senior leadership with ties to the pharmaceutical or medical device industry, a cross-sectional study showed. 74% of board members with prior or current industry ties. In other words, it's kind of a revolving door. You work for Big Pharma, and then you join the board of the Alzheimer's Foundation, American Cancer Society, etc., 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 and then you may advocate for approval or reimbursement for certain drugs. We're seeing that now with obesity medications. There's actually a push for congressional support for Medicare covering these expensive weight loss drugs. Many of them not covered for weight loss, covered for diabetes, but, you know, just for weight loss, no. But these are... PAOs, patient advocacy organizations that ostensibly are advocating for patients, but at the same time, they're advocating for their pharmaceutical industry masters. Uh, so what they say here in JAMA, PAOs should, quote, advance patient interests through promotion of disease awareness, engagement with policymakers, and partnership with medical product manufacturers in research and development. Close leadership ties of PAOs with industry raise questions about industry's influence on these organizations' patient education, policy recommendations, and treatment guidelines. So, you, you know, that also affects the advice uh, given from a nutritional and natural medicine standpoint. Uh, you know, they sometimes will pay lip service to, you know, eat a healthy diet, Mediterranean diet, kind of wishy-washy stuff when it comes to prevention of disease. But when it comes to, you know, more, uh, to stronger advocacy for the efficacy of diet or for the efficacy of, God forbid, supplements, they're not going to talk about that because those methods, in effect, compete with drugs. So of 11 uh, patient advocacy organizations that had executive directors or CEOs with ties to industry, four were also serving on pharmaceutical company boards at the same time. Wow. So <laughs> on the one hand, they're on the pharmacy boards and at the same time, they're on the patient advocacy board. So that ain't good. That is absolutely something that encourages conflicts of interest and we really got to look behind the curtain, some of these organizations. 877-726-8255, our number, and this is Intelligent Medicine. Whether you are getting ready for a once-in-a-lifetime vacation, flying to a business meeting, or just visiting friends, don't risk ruining your trip by neglecting to protect your digestive health. Pack award-winning Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics, one of the best lines of defense against traveler's tummy. Dr. O'Hara's convenient blister packs are portable and never need to be refrigerated, perfect for traveling. A worldwide leader in probiotics for over 30 years, Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics is a superior formulation that enhances immunity and digestion to help reduce the risk of getting sick while traveling. Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics is a fermentation of 12 strains of live probiotic bacteria with wholesome super fruits and vegetables producing Dr. O'Hara's trademarked postbiotic metabolites, so restorative to gut health. Stay healthy while traveling and remember to pack your probiotics. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are available at fine natural health retailers nationwide, also available online. Discover the Dr. O'Hara's difference. 
we wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Whoa, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter your body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R dot com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. Our number 877-726-8255. And you can jot that number down. And if you can't uh, get into the last segment of our show, call us and record a question and we'll take it up on a subsequent program. Let's hear one of those recorded calls. I do have a pulse problem, heart problem, which is very, pulse is very low. And my cardiologist want to insert a pacemaker. I'm wondering if uh, it's a good idea. <clears throat> my pulse rate fluctuates, also my blood pressure fluctuates. Sometimes my blood pressure, the systolic, is always uh, within the required amount. Sometimes go like one for one over 50 add and one or one over 50 add <clears throat> and sometimes the pulse rate reach uh, 57 and mostly in, in in the 40s and sometimes uh, I do have a wrist monitor <clears throat> it's always telling me that it's my uh, pulse rate is low so I need your advice. What should I do? Thank you. Okay. So, you know, let's talk about pacemakers. Uh, pacemakers are an innovation that's designed to deal with something called sick sinus syndrome. And that doesn't have to do with your nasal sinuses. It has to do with the sinuses in your heart that generate the electrical signals that cause your heart to beat. And as you get older or if you've suffered from a heart attack or if you have some degenerative disease of the heart, uh, those electrical pathways deteriorate, and it is a fairly common finding as people get older that they need pacemakers. In fact, uh, there are thousands and thousands of pacemakers put in every year. And typically what triggers an interest in a pacemaker is if somebody, you know, faints or is woozy or passes out, uh, that can actually uh, be... Uh, a pretext for putting in a pacemaker because when the heart slows down too much, the pacemaker kicks in. That's all it does. It's kind of a backup plan to generate an electrical impulse. Uh, normally, if your heart is beating at a fast rate above the threshold of the pacemaker, it's your own heartbeat. But when you get below the threshold where your blood pressure might go down, and he's, this gentleman's describing blood pressures that are all over the place, sometimes very low, sometimes very high, uh, the pacemaker can actually restore uh, in effect, a head of steam because you don't have your heart pumping. Uh, the blood doesn't reach your head. You feel woozy, lightheaded, and you can fall. Uh, 
So yeah, there's a definite upside to pacemakers. But I got to say, there is uh, kind of a diagnosis creep uh, with pacemakers. I mean, first they were used as life-saving methods for people who were seriously in trouble. But the age which they put pacemakers in is getting higher and higher. And yeah, people are living longer and people who are plus 80 or plus 90 have the potential for more life. But I wonder sometimes if uh, it's over-aggressive to put pacemakers in. Uh, first of all, it costs a lot. You don't see that because Medicare pays for it. Uh, doctors tend to favor procedures over talking to patients. So a procedure that garners you $12,000 or $15,000 is going to be preferred over, you know, some general advice. Uh, and there is uh, the potential for uh, the nuisance factor of having a pacemaker. It needs to be monitored constantly. Batteries need to be replaced. Uh, it's going to kind of a increasing encumbrance. So along with your glasses, your hearing aid, your Viagra, all these things that you need to take along with you, you got to worry about, (laughs) you know, your your bridges, your dentures. Uh, You got to worry about your pacemaker. Uh, It's a form of external uh, propulsion that can keep you going. Uh, So where this can go wrong, I think, is in an older patient who has a lot of other medical problems that might shorten their life, you know, to the point where is putting in a pacemaker overly aggressive? And that's where the concern might come in. But overall, pacemakers can be beneficial and can give patients years and decades of quality of life and forestall problems like fainting or falling. That could be important. All right. Uh, this item uh When it comes to heart rhythm disorders, yeah, that includes uh, bradycardia, but it also includes atrial fibrillation. Uh, How do you prevent that from a preventive standpoint? Well, a study in more than 15,000 people has found that physical fitness, once again, is linked with a lower likelihood of developing atrial fibrillation and stroke. Atrial fibrillation, the most common heart rhythm disorder affecting more than 40 million people worldwide. And it's estimated that one in three Europeans will develop atrial fibrillation in their lifetime. So it's real common. It's kind of like acne in a teenager when it comes to older individuals. But um, exercise is important. And this study is important, too, because there is a caution about excessive exercise in atrial fibrillation. Ultra marathoners and Ironman triathletes, turns out they have a slightly higher risk of atrial fibrillation than people who were generally fit but don't do uh, really, really aggressive exploits of endurance. So uh, in this study, uh, every one met increase on the treadmill test, a met is a measure of energy output, was associated with an 8% lower risk of atrial fibrillation, 12% lower risk of stroke, and a 14% lower risk of a MACE, a major adverse cardiovascular event. So uh, there you have it. Exercise for arrhythmia can pay off. Well, that's all the time we have for today's program. And uh, just keep in mind that uh, you can take advantage of everything Intelligent Medicine has to offer. Follow the Intelligent Medicine podcast on your favorite podcast app and get new episodes every weekday. Also, follow me on Facebook and Twitter for the latest health news and fully vetted product recommendations. Subscribe to the Intelligent Medicine newsletter for in-depth articles. 
And check out the hub for all things intelligent medicine, our website at drhoffman.com. Have yourselves a great weekend. <laughs>